0: i got three shifts a week less than minimum wage my friends will say I'm a reprobate PRS pay me £3.68 101 part-time jobs
1: Hello you're
0: listening to 101 part-time jobs it's the place where we hear about work stories from artists that we've been listening to with records that we're fans of and on today's episode is Griff Glynn of Melon Melon the excellent Welsh group whose EP Happy Gathering has just been released on vinyl via Bingo Records and with that news comes the new track Jackpot which is a song about the shame of missing out on a 90s game show at Christmas I presume it's at Christmas it is a Christmas sounding song isn't it I feel like it's a bit outdated to say, let's get it to Christmas number one. I don't think it needs to. It's already number one in our hearts. Ah, isn't that nice? Melon Melon are going on tour next year. They're playing the Lexington here in London in April. And then following in May, they'll be going to Birmingham, Southampton, Leeds, Cardiff and Brighton. Brilliant band. I've yet to see them. So that's going to be my next opportunity. I've been enjoying Happy Gathering. And I also enjoyed this chat with Griff Glynn here on 101 part-time jobs. Big shout out to 2000 Trees Festival, happening in Cheltenham next July. Excellent, heavy music. If you're into that stuff, 2000TreesFestival.co.uk. And if you use the voucher code 101POD, you can get 20 quid off. They've made a huge announcement with people like Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, Bob Villain, Holding Absence, Rival Schools, legendary band, Snakes, Press Club, Joyce Manor, so many brilliant bands. If you want to go next year, get your tickets, 20 quid off using the voucher code 101pod at 2000treesfestival.co.uk.
1: Go well. This is my first band. This is the first band I've ever been involved in and I'm 36 now. So I started writing music for the band about four years ago but from a from a young age you know I'd play uh piano first and then saxophone I did all my grades in jazz saxophone but didn't really love jazz enough to be that committed to it and then I just wanted to play guitar so I taught myself and I come from a musical family every christmas my dad's brothers and dad all get together and we just play like welsh folk songs together which is quite fun yeah it sounds like a great time but I never thought I'd be in a band so I keep pinching myself because I'm having the best time it's uh it's amazing and like it all kind of came together in the green man just gone when we were playing on the World garden and it was uh it was completely full it was like apparently four thousand people there and it just everything went it was just it's just very dreamy you know it'd be nice if we made some money out of it but yeah,
0: The Walled Garden at Green Man is just amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we keep saying we joke about playing, well, joke, not joke, about playing on the uh, mountain stage. <laughs> but, I mean, the Walled Garden is kind of perfect, isn't it?
0: Yeah, brilliant feeling in there.
1: Yeah, and really warm. and I mean, obviously, with any Green Man, it's a huge plus if the weather's good as well.
0: The thing that struck me about Green Man is that it felt... Quite nurturing for fans and musicians, and it it's a place where they're booking bands of all sounds, and and it seems like a place of opportunity, really. When did you start to think of playing music as you know something you could do with other people, or or something that you could do to express yourself? I suppose to 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 really zone into it.
1: I think I picked a guitar up at like thirteen or fourteen, and then I was really into like finger picking an amazing Welsh folk artist called Mike Stevens um, who was signed to Warner Brothers back in the 60s I think and is quite a musically is quite a hero to a lot of people um, so I'd learned to finger pick like him and then just when I realized that you could search for tabs on the internet that was a game changer just to play the chords though you know I've never really wanted to be like a lead guitarist or learn solos and stuff I just wanted to apart from the snooker song actually then little den 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 Oh, god i can play half of that and it's very satisfying so maybe i should give it another go to be a solo guitarist excellent but, but you know like learning what the day i learned how to play like you know super furry animal songs and stuff and yeah that was a game changer but i never really thought you know you know i don't know all those classic things of thinking i was good enough or original enough and all those classic things and then one day i just thought you know what screw this i mean we'll talk about it in a bit i imagine i've i've done loads of in between jobs and i'm a, i'm an actor as well and i i i love acting it's uh, it's you know it's it's what i wanted to do from a young age however it's 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 difficult as well because you're literally waiting for the phone to ring and i'm not a playwright and i'm not a scriptwriter I don't run a theatre company. So, and I had this epiphany that I have the privilege of doing other people's wonderful work, right? You apply yourself to someone else, to someone else's work. You don't generally decide, um, you know, what you get to say or where or the light or how it's edited or anything like that. And I got used to it. It's fine. It was just those those times in between can be really tough. I mean, I think ninety five percent of actors out there have to find jobs in between the acting. And then one day, I just thought, you know what? I, in fact, I wrote I wrote a film, and I went to meet someone, and he was telling me about you know how to redraft and come back with more and this that. You know, I remember in that moment just going, do you know what? I don't want to do that. I just want to start creating music with my mates.
0: That's a moment.
1: And as soon as you, re- yeah, and as soon as you realize, of course that you know, you're worried about not being good at this, that, and the other. And when you've got wonderful people and amazing musicians around you, such as I'm lucky enough to have in our band, then you don't do all of it, you know? People bring their own ideas and stuff, and we have full cre- creative control over it, and it's the most satisfying thing. absolutely love it.
0: From composition and ideas to release and distribution, you can do that yeah, as opposed to being an actor like you say you you're just sort of one cog.
1: Yeah, well that's and that's what we hope to always be able to do, you know, is keep that creative control because I think we oh, you know, I mean we we've discovered that maybe we have found something that people find quite original or fun or nostalgic or unusual or strange or terrible. So yeah, it's uh and and I trust us, you know, I trust us with a creative aspect because you know, I'm I'm an actor. Um, There's another actor in the band on on bass, uh, Garmon. Got a fantastic designer on drums who's worked a lot in theatre himself. And basically everyone else is passionate about theatre and obviously music, but like the creative aspect of it. Then we have someone who is uh, responsible for the art side of stuff, Um, Edie Morris. She creates all the artwork for us. We've got... um, We've got um, Molly who who does the merchandise for us. We've got um, friends from Cardiff and wherever who will appear in videos with us, who are artists themselves. We've also have someone called Doctor Sausage, who every now and again will appear on stage with us. We don't know where he comes from. But I describe him as a kind of cowboy wizard, and he'll often do live drawings on stage with us. He appeared at Green Man with us, um, but if anyone out there knows of his whereabouts please do get in touch
0: call out for dr sausage right here
1: he created an amazing piece of art which was um six different dogs um but but literally painted and drew it um live on stage in fact sold the painting at green man as well
0: quite the entrepreneur is dr sausage
1: so yeah the theater aspect and i'd like to take it further as well you know as nearly every um yourself and you know and by the way, I've really enjoyed uh, some of the other episodes I've listened to. Uh, I listened to KTJ Pearsons and Tom from Buzzard, 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 who we've worked with a lot. And Scott Levine's is extra special. I thought that was really beautiful. Uh,
0: yeah, all fantastic people.
1: And he's he's someone as well. I, I really like his videos and stuff, you know, and the kind of I, – I, I, like, I like the artistic side of what he does as well. We want to push it further. Um, we've talked about One Day Loving – the idea of maybe creating a musical we'd love to do like uh short videos short films um our business our limited business is called Blumange limited and we don't want Blumange limited to only be melon melon it can be branches of different things so uh
0: with the accessibility of cameras and affordable editing software does it feel like you can do all of that
1: yeah apart from what comes up a lot is um is money isn't it it's uh th- there's there's so much that we want to do i mean uh, it doesn't pay very well basically um and a, tom tom spoke about this very well you know and they've they've got a fantastic label and an album and it's really difficult isn't it sometimes though i think that the lack of oh, i'll say this first actually i think what's difficult is if someone's to say to me um You know, but don't worry, you'll get there because we're we're still very young in our, how long we've been playing for. If someone was to say to me, but you can get to this stage and then that's when you see you can make money. But you see these amazing artists having to cancel their US tours and stuff because they're not going to make any money. I mean, Little Sims, for God's sake, you know? Yeah,
0: that's no small thing. Yeah, One of the most popular artists in the UK has to cancel the US tour on financial grounds.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know them personally. and I don't know all the details, but you know, and I remember Nadine Shah was talking about it during lockdown and she's a very well celebrated artist, of course. And she can't pay the rent from, even though she's top of the game and stuff. It's, um, There's something wrong there. And Aroj as well. I mean, it, it's, yeah, that, that, that's worrying, you know, because then you're thinking, okay, what are we, what do we aspire to? However, Or, what is there to aspire to? However, what I will say is sometimes I think that that kind of the difficulty of knowing or the lack of money, I think brings us closer together as a community. I've had nothing so far apart from support and help and love in the music community. It's been absolutely brilliant. And that can be like sharing a lift, because people know that people are struggling to pay for a lift or petrol. and uh, instruments and you know helping out by playing on your songs and stuff it's just wonderful and maybe if we had loads of money then everyone just go their own way and there wouldn't be much heart in it
0: i suppose by taking the importance of money out of it in that way it it there's an impetus to keep the focus on community
1: yeah definitely um and kind of a, a socialist kind of attitude maybe as well which is great but yeah no id back to your back to your original point though about now is the time to do it. then yeah, I know what you mean as well. It's like there's so much to react to at the moment, there's so much to respond to even in the last week, you know I mean, but we also know that there's not much support for the arts um with the cover in in my opinion of course <laughs> from the current government, and I think it's kind of bottom of the pile of what the priority is and um you know there's people who need it more than me of course but um
0: it's quite a divisive or like kind of a losing argument where you've got all these different ways to share your art but all of them seem to be making money for someone else yet nevertheless it's celebrated for giving you the opportunity to reach people or or get on playlists and exposure the dreaded word
1: i mean i'd be lying if i didn't say, you know like spotify is is something I use and is a fantastic platform it's just a shame that you have to be played hundreds of thousands of times to make a few quid yeah you
0: you got to set up your own rig so you're constantly playing yourself yeah
1: (laughs) but you know I I, everyone's a hypocrite I I certainly am a hypocrite in that sense you know or you can be going to a show and think oh 20 quid not sure if I can afford that but really until we start paying that then people aren't going to be paid more for playing if that makes sense Maybe twenty years ago, if I'd have thought of this band, then, or if I if I was doing this twenty years ago, I, I genuinely am not sure if these programs were around or this interface or this microphone that I am speaking um, uh, to you through now. We're very lucky like that, aren't we? Like I think Paul McCartney said that he has to make his song. They had to make this. People call the Beatles songs memorable. Well, they had to be memorable to them themselves because they'd play it on the bus on their guitars and there was no way of recording it. So they'd have to remind themselves what they sound like by writing memorable songs. I really like that. Whereas now we can just grab a phone and just leave a message like Alan Partridge does to Lynn <laughs> and just come back to it later. It's great. You know, I am not the most, tech anyone in the band will tell you, I'm not the most technically savvy. People, you know, might turn their nose at something like Garage Band because it's not as good as Logic. But to me, you just need to put something down You as a demo. And then you can just develop it together. And yeah, these programs and you know and and ev- everything we're experiencing um at the moment as a band, you know, we put everything we make from a gig or merchandise at the moment, we put it into our little kitty. And from that it allows us then to record more music or to travel to said gig and um or or buy more merchandise, which can make us money. I, yeah I suppose I, I'm not even looking to be rich from it I just want to make sure that we can keep doing what we're doing and also we have big ambitions um we're an independent band at the moment um and we're DIY as they call it so hopefully you know in future someone you know we might work with someone with his money involved and we can put it into the right place to keep creating some lovely things I mean we had a bird on stage with us at Greenman and um as some um, will believe me when i say this um a, a huge airplane flew over uh just uh as uh just as we were singing at green man so you know we've got a really up our show uh for the next big festival gig uh so the pressure's on for that you know we might need to get like 50 well we might have to go all flaming lips on it you know and just start inflatable balls into the crowd so you know there's pressure of money in that sense as well to please our audience
0: You need to think about your production budget
1: but there are ways of doing it cheaply like you say it's like when you when i reacted when you said but it is possible you are right it is completely possible there's loads of stuff that we can do um reasonably you know with our cameras or with our with you know with social media and stuff it, yeah of course there's ways of doing it we just are really excited about the idea of um pushing the theatricality side of things in the production you know
0: what was your story of getting into acting was it was it quite a young age thing were you encouraged by family or or from school how how did that start
1: i liked it at school again didn't wasn't sure if i could do it and then i went to drama school in london i worked in clubby burbach in uh, cardiff in the night and i'd sell forklift trucks in a call center during the day whilst i was auditioning for drama schools and i got into one um and I went to uh Rad in 2005 and then I went straight from there that was three-year course and then after that I worked for the Royal Shakespeare Company for three years you know Giles it's funny I I often tell people I don't want to talk about the acting side of things because I want to keep it separate but how can I not talk about it when it's 101 jobs right of course it's it's quite quite nice to talk about it
0: (laughs) yeah I hope you got at least 50 and a half
1: I think I think one of my favorite moments is when I said to a, a DJ I mean in Wales he said as you you probably know I'm an actor right so I, I'd like to keep that separate and he just said no I didn't know that <laughs> rumbled <laughs> so uh so then yeah I and then I've I've done some films and stuff like one of my one of the best ways I can sum up and there's some name dropping in this right but but the what, happen, what happens after it is is why I'm telling the story I'd be working in a call center with a headpiece on, selling breast enlargements and solar panels. And then I got a call to say I'd been cast in The Martian, which incidentally, they more or less cut me out of, but hey ho, I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> they flew me out to uh, uh, Budapest, and I was on set with, you know, Ridley Scott. I was playing uh, table football with Childish Gambino. There's loads of of fun, right? Wow. And then finished that, and then a day after I got back, I went back to the call center, put on my headpiece, quite similar to the headpiece that I'd worn in the NASA control room for the Martian, and put the headpiece back on and called the next person asking if they wanted solar panels or uh, breast enlargement. That is the best way (laughs) to summarize what it can all be like. And you can go a year without it, or you can work consistently, and it's... It's just completely bizarre, but I'm also grateful for the jobs in between that isn't acting because I feel like you know it keeps my feet on the ground. Don't get me wrong, I'd rather do I'd love to do both. you know that's the ambition, the uh, music is what I probably enjoy the most because I create it with my friends, um but I would love to be able to do both um acting and uh, and the band, so that's what I'm aiming for.
0: So how long did you spend selling two pillars of capitalism today? Breast enlargements and solar panels. The peak of call center sales.
1: Too long. That's probably the worst job, really. The reason the reason they're good jobs for, um, and it would be the same, they, they'd say the same for like, if you're in a band, is that you can just call in the morning of and say that you can't come in. But I think they want actors to work there because, you know, they're good on the phone and they can... Convince someone to have solar panels or breast enlargement because you know by playing the objective of the role. But I've had some other ones. There was another one, probably actually the worst one was I was I, I decided to do something that you know I thought would boost my idea of masculinity by uh, working for a butcher's as a van driver. But I the first thing that happened to me is they threw a whole pig over my shoulder to, te- to you know to test my strength, and I um you know I, I went down like a sack of potatoes. And then I went around South East London trying to park during Christmas time. And uh, it was absolutely horrible. And the Tom Tom, as we had at the time, kept falling off. Uh, I may or may not have clipped a wing mirror. And uh, I was five hours late coming back and they sacked me on the spot. And they said, the thing is, Griff, about you is you've got to realize you're just an actor. <laughs> so, yeah, now I work in a lovely cafe. It's very nice. And, uh, and you know, they're very understanding too. Because I remember, again, listening to um, Kate J. Pearson's podcast about, you know, I've been there where you've got a job and then, or a gig, and then you say, I've got to go and do this. And then they can just sack you on the spot. Drop you
0: like a poached
1: egg. So that's really tough because it is, you know, zero hours, weirdly as much as they're loathed and, and for good reason, most of the time can work really well for people like us, because there's no, um, yeah, it's flexible in that sense, but they can also get rid of you on the spot, but that, that they're, they're nothing but supportive for me here. So that's really good.
0: Considering you're doing this great work, it's so funny and sad and a mixture of those quite peaking emotions that time and time again, you'll have to make that decision that hard decision to compromise your art as if it's not a valid enough reason to live and work
1: yeah and again you know not even looking to be rich from it but just that you could just do it you know just
0: exist in an industry
1: just exist in 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 arts because everybody needs art in their lives everybody listens to music every day I think, if they're lucky enough to have a radio and stuff.
0: It's a billion-pound industry, if you want to think of it like that, if you want to look at it like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was mad, wasn't it, during COVID when it was all coming out and the venues were under threat and many unfortunately closed. It was also quite interesting to hear so many people, like big, big, massive names coming out and saying how, like, how they suddenly realized how the streaming services were ruining their – um financial situation, but loads of those people like Elton Johns and stuff, I think that was because they lost their live income. And it just feels a little bit like a lot of those people have now gone back on their massive arena tours and they're okay, if that makes sense. And I always thought that I bet I bet they'll be fine. Yeah, it's a very weird one. But yeah, um that thing of like having to choose between both and but then saying that, you know, I could pack it all in and think of the idea of working a nine-to-five office job, but it would make me incredibly... Oh, I believe that it might make me very unhappy because it isn't me. I'm not an office person. And I've had people come to me at gigs who have incredible jobs financially, very high up, and they have a house and they have a car and they've got, you know, the 2.4 children or whatever it's called... And um, they, they'll often, I've had those people say, oh my God, I would do anything to be able to be you for a day because, you know, seeing someone on stage is a really exciting experience. And yeah, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't mind uh, being them for a day and just taking the money out of their accounts, really, and just putting it into my bed.
0: <laughs> it is funny when you see someone on stage, isn't it? Real life goes out the window. You're in that moment. Your only job is to be in the crowd. Their existence is solely to be on stage doing the thing that you're living vicariously through.
1: Yeah, very different. I'm a big sports fan as well, you know, and I'll often look at these football and rugby players and when I was young and think, wow, to be them. And the difference is they are incredibly well paid. I don't think most people, I didn't know before I was in a band that, you know, that, that live fees are... As, as as little as they are, really, the amount of shock the shock I get from people when I tell them how much I got paid for the gig that I just saw, but that would have been me four years ago because I just assumed that they'd get paid, you know, what we get paid as a band each at least, you know. But it's just it's just not the industry, is it? It's not it's not the way that it works. It's um, not
0: like any other job.
1: It really isn't. But in that sense as well, like keep going back to it, it gives me incredible happiness, and uh, and people have said the same from watching us as well, is that they've really enjoyed and have had a wonderful, you know, a happy experience watching us. And that's kind of cool.
0: That's a good feeling.
1: And, uh, everyone needs a blowout, don't they? And, uh, that live, that that's why I do it as well. You know, some people out there, amazing musicians, artists, they, they, they they do it for let's say the enjoyment of the recording or the production. Me personally, or, or even songwriting. Me personally, I write music so I can perform them live with my friends. That's that's what gives me the biggest joy. I really like that. Um, people have said asked if I, you know wanted to do stand up or something, but for me, like weirdly, being in the band is kind of between stand up and acting. It works really well for me at the moment, so I'm very very happy with it. Yeah, I remember my, my friend telling me he was in this big film. And he went to the premiere six months later, and people were treating him like a celebrity. And as he's walking down the red carpet, he's saying to himself, "None of these people realize that I haven't worked once since that film." Do you know what I mean? So you can be like in these things, and they're great, but you're always looking for the next thing. And being being an artist, even in that sense, you know, it's easier for me. I, I'm, you know, if I was to ever buy your house it would be easier for me to get a mortgage apparently working in a cafe because you show about three months worth of your wages right but you could earn uh, 30 grand on one acting job but if you don't get that consistently for two years it's really difficult to get a mortgage anyway those are a few things think the worst thing a customer's done for me in a cafe was to um she left a table but she left a used nappy on a plate for me. Oh no. Yeah.
0: What? Set the scene, please.
1: Well, it was in a nature reserve I used to work in, in a cafe. And uh and and yeah, there was uh, and she was with her, her kid and don't get me wrong, it's very I'm not lucky enough to be a father yet and uh I'm sure it's very tiring, and well, it is tiring, and and all of that. I have a lot of understanding towards it, but come on!
0: Oh no! You don't
1: leave a used nappy on a plate. No. She could, even if she would have could have left it on the table, you know, and then pretended to have forgotten it. But she went through that and put it on the plate for me. And I remember thinking to myself, "What is my life?" And I and the other one I got very quickly is uh, only last week there was this young young woman sat in the in the cafe. Um, I'd say she was about 20 years old. She's really sweet. And she came up to me and she said, can I ask you, are you a, a person of God? Do you have faith? And I said, not particularly myself, no. And she went, because I've been watching you. And I can tell that you have an incredible talent. And I've spoken to God and there is a light shining upon you. And something is holding you back from sharing or, or or you know or, or going for it with this talent does that make any sense to you I remember thinking quite arrogantly "No, really I think I'm doing my best you know but then maybe she's right maybe maybe I am holding myself back you know maybe there's the next step whatever that step is um you know could be happening and she walked out and I said thank you very much though for your kind words very kind of you and she left and my phone rang and it was an an, an unrecognized number and I thought. Oh my God, literally! And I answered the phone, and they went, "Hello, is this Griff?" And I went, "Yes." And they said, "This is your property manager. Uh, the landlord has decided to raise your rent by two hundred and fifty pounds a month." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought she's been praying to the wrong <laughs> to the wrong one.
0: It's the wrong. Guy. Oh well, he
1: got a laugh from you, like we said. I'm so sorry. I mean, when I got that call, I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. Oh, mate. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. Yeah.
0: Griff, thank you so much for joining me. This has been fantastic. Great stories.
1: It's important. I I really think it's important for people to start talking about the reality of it. And it's not to moan about it. It's just to be realistic about it because then people can realize and maybe something then further down the line one day will change there's there's so many important things that need to change and more vulnerable people than myself of course but the arts is also as an aside to that is is extremely important to so many people to all of us so you know I just feel like uh, it'd be great if something changes in that sense that's the other problem isn't it is that like the spotify daniel elk is it or whatever his name daniel is daniel elk yeah when he said our oh, artists need to stop moaning and just make it make more albums and he's thinking how can i make a, an album without getting paid and i think it's so easy you know this kind of moaning lefty and stuff is just dismissed so quickly but i'm also very sensitive not to be here sitting talking about you know uh, how difficult it is but because there's a lot more people out there who are going to find life a lot more difficult because of this stupid government and because you know so I, I don't i don't ever want it to come across like i'm uh comparing it to to uh the pressures of you know paying your bills losing your homes and stuff
0: well we can fight for what we believe in it doesn't negate anything else it's a it's a it's a personal fight
1: exactly and it's the same for us as well you know I can be like there's times when I can go into such a a hole when I start talking about how much how little bands are making and how it seems so desperate and and impossible and what's the point and then we get together or I, I work on a song in my room or we get together and we play a gig and then it's it's all absolutely worth it it's the best feeling in the world and if anyone out there wants to start a band just do it because I've never been happier uh, creatively and in many other ways because of it. So I'm really grateful that I've got it. People used to say, oh, you're such a hustler. But all I would do would go up to a bar or a venue and say, hello, I'm in a band. Um, would be how, how do I play here? And they'd almost look at me and, get, and, and then suddenly just go, yeah, go on in." here's my email. Let's send an email and we might get a gig. Because I couldn't do that with acting. I can't go up to the National Theatre um, door and knocking it and go, can I play Hamlet? It wouldn't quite work the same, you know? So not being able to do that has allowed me then to feel really excited and, and free to kind of, because it's a very, you know, it's not exclusive. You can just go up and, you know, just ask and you might get. Very true. Not every time, of course. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hey-ho. Brilliant. Thank you, Griff. No worries. It's been a pleasure talking to you. So there was Griff Glynn
0: of Melon Melon, their EP Happy Gathering is out now on record through bingo records you can find that by typing those things into your phone and collecting it gotta catch them all it's got me excited for green man festival this chat thank you to Casamira and ethan for sorting this out and i'll see you later this week with a new episode which i believe will be with divorce here's Barrow. i've been working all day for me on the side running around like a blue ass fly i've been working yeah i've been working all day.